right, gentlemen. Well, uh, this is Sandcast uh, Christmas Edition uh, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder. And Billy Allen has given everyone the Christmas gift they've all been waiting for for, what, like two years now? You just came out with the sequel uh, to your fictional series. Uh, what's happening, Billy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd say all uh, all 20 people were really excited and waiting for it. So happy to deliver finally. <laughs> How long were you working on this one? Um, probably a year and a half of solid writing. Because we did write um, Coach Your Brains Out, the book, kind of in between Good Blood yeah. and, and this one. So that took uh, probably yeah, six months. Um, so yeah, about a year and a half. And it definitely was... The process was sped up by some quarantine and some lack of volleyball. Yeah, so I had a lot more time to write, and it was fun to at least put some energy into a different project instead of sitting around my house bored. <laughs> and you, uh, you had some good isolated time in in Idaho. Yeah, um, not exactly the beach volleyball capital of the world. I'm sure that not was yet. probably a good like writing haven. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh, make the move up there? Yeah, so we left right after the the last AVP, um, so beginning of September, and okay. we were we were debating whether to move or not, whether to keep our place, because um, basically we were just paying rent in Redondo and not able to do anything there, and not um, other than not having volleyball to play in, like I wasn't able to coach, um, or even like the volleyball vacations we usually do, like just a lot of stuff was shut down. So it just made more financial sense to move up here, where Janelle could work a little bit for her dad, and. And so we can be making some money and yeah, it gave me a lot of time to, to write once season was over. Huh. Yeah. How's, how's an Idaho winter? Well, I guess you're not, you haven't, you haven't started it yet really, I guess. I don't know. From the day I got here, it felt cold. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's uh, definitely milder. There, there was snow on the ground a couple of times, um, but it's melted away by now. Um, but it's still like, I mean, I stay inside. I don't, I don't go out in that. <laughs> we had a, they had a couple maybe like the first month we, you know, we, it was nice. You go outside. I went to, there's a guy named Chris Costi who has a court um, in Spokane. So I played there a few times and you know, the, the beanies and the, the tights and the sand socks. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to rename you Billy Bomgren. <laughs> yeah. That's what I felt like. I was like, how does, this, this guy, how does that guy do it? Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, Tim could be so, and Brian could be so good after just playing in the cold on their own court by themselves, peppering or whatever they do. Yeah. Sounds miserable. When we were down in uh I played a tournament in Clearwater and Tim played with Bruno and uh and Piotr was playing too. And I was asking Tim when the last time he played and Piotr was like, Oh, he's peppered with Brody once. He's fine. He's peaking. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only reason I was I'm any good at volleyball is just because I played so much growing up and playing I just had so many more hours on a lot of guys. And so Tim is kind of the opposite. So it's just so impressive that uh yeah, he's able to be where he is um, with maybe not ideal history of volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you would think he'd be like, oh, maybe he like sees the game a certain way and is able to like find advantages. But he's, when you watch him play, it's like, he looks like one of those instinctual guys mm -hmm. where he's just like making shit up and like making <laughs> plays like, you know, like a Taylor Wood or something like that. It's, yeah. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Minnesota, the Viking blood. <laughs> did they win this weekend the vikes oh what oh, i can't hear you breaking, <laughs> breaking up <laughs> sensitive subject although i did beat phil dahlhauser in our fantasy league so i'm now in the finals oh that's big 
here you I got the you, finals. I thought you might ask, so I <laughs> yeah. thought it would be nice. <laughs> nice little segue. Uh, I believe I'm playing the real Phil, a guy he named his team the real Phil because his name's also <laughs> Phil. Uh, Phil Noise. He works at USA Volleyball. Okay. So we're, we're competing for about a thousand bucks. Phil Noise, coach of the year. He coached the, uh, the world yes. championship teams in Doha. The real <laughs> Phil. The, the OG real Phil. <laughs> How much input was he giving you guys? Was he uh, picking the lineups and I wasn't there. benching people? Yeah, I don't know what uh, what the influence was. I know he did call a crucial timeout, uh, and that <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, that was the biggest move he made. It was funny though. I went in to sign up for something in at USA, and I came in and saw Phil, and I was like, "Coach of the year," and Sean was like, "Phil, how many times do you think you're going to hear that? Like, how long is this going to last for?" <laughs> Just keep it going. Was uh was Doha the last event that you played? Or no, you well you played Champions Cup, but I guess international. Yeah, yeah so we just played uh just Doha and then we were on the verge of like we have tickets to Australia and Mexico and we were debating that was the time where you kinda had a choice and so we were debating whether to do it or not. And then uh that all fell through and then just the three AVPs. So short season. Felt weird. Yeah, weird one. Those damn Mexicans, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah Doha. We- Dude. Yeah, those guys are on fire. We like this has happened to me a few times in my my career. Um, but those guys beat us, and I was like so disappointed. And like, how could we lose yeah. to these guys? Yeah. <laughs> and they went on. They went on to beat a bunch of other guys. And then we looked at the film. We're like, oh, they played really well. It was right, just exactly. like it went from this like embarrassing because like I don't know you underestimate your opponent or whatever. Not at the time, but just like after the fact. And then like totally it, a little easier to swallow once you see them beating all other guys. Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't believe they beat uh, Russia because we played them at um, a Norseka in, in Bonaire and the blocker like basically had like a heat stroke. Like mm-hmm. they smashed his first set and then the next two he like couldn't, he, he called, he kept, he like kept trying to call a medical. And so they ended up losing cause he just like, wasn't, couldn't do it. But I watched them beat Russia and I was like, all right, that's a resume win. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our listeners, this is Mexico's two team who just, Blew onto the map uh, in Doha by beating pretty much everybody. Yeah. But we beat them first set. We were up and I, I blew it basically. <laughs> I got blocked a few times, whatever. We were up like, I want to say like 1916 or something. Blew the first set. We're like, ah, oh, crap. All right. We got to beat these Mexican kids that we're supposed to beat. We beat them 21 7 the next set. So, like, okay, <laughs> this is more, more like it. And then third set gets away from us and they beat us and then we're like wow we just blew a giant finish for olympic yeah. points and everything to a mexico two team we didn't even know about and then the next round they go and beat the world champions like, <laughs> oh, okay that feels a little better and then they yeah. go and beat bruno and evandro I'm like okay that feels a little better <laughs> and then they went to three in the finals so and they played uh what fifi and and brill in the finals yeah. okay yeah. Was that the? Did you play them in Doha too, Billy? Because I remember you played them in um, in Mexico, didn't you? In the fall. Yeah, we played. We played both. We lost to them in playoffs in Doha. Um, we lost to them in playoffs in Mexico too. Mexico was rough too because we were in the third game and the defender had hurt himself or he was cramping or something with his leg, and so we're like, okay. And it kind of like, I mean, you know, when somebody's injured, you're not supposed to switch your game plan that much. Um, they that guy the right side blocker was hitting on to like a thousand it 
That that was one of the like single most impressive performances yeah. I've seen from a player. In hindsight, like we probably served too easy, just giving it, not just giving it to, but but targeting the defender. Um, but I mean, that was the, another just like horrible. Like afterwards, it just felt so bad. We like had these guys um, a good shot to move on. The guys injured. We're in the third game, and we're siding out fine. We just couldn't score any points. And <laughs> um, like afterwards, just you know, once you kind of the dust settles and you're done crying yourself to sleep. You look at the video and you're like, wow, they made a lot of really good plays. It wasn't like we played that bad. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just getting a little more perspective on some of those losses. Um, so the world tour is tough. Anybody can beat anybody. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, he was like off the charts. Good. The blocker was yeah. in that match. And then, I mean, he showed it wasn't really a fluke by doing it, playing like that in Doha too. So it'll be interesting to see them come up. Because uh, Virgin and Ontiveros has been there, have been there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like um, Virgin Juan is physically. I feel like he he always has something going on, or I don't know how often they get to train. I heard they have problems with their federation in terms of supporting them, uh, like after Rio. But I mean, the two team could easily be the one team now. Yeah, after this, for sure. <laughs> or are they now? I don't know. I guess they might be the one. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> um, but what? Uh, I mean, obviously. So you're you've kind of relocated temporarily. Maybe I don't know. What's the the plan for you moving forward? Because you're in Idaho right now. But I don't know if it's like kind of a try situation where you just kind of popped to Hawaii, took advantage of a good good housing market, and you're going to come back when it's time to train again. Um, have you and Janelle kind of talked about what the plan for you guys moving forward is if you're going to come back? here in the summer play some volley yeah we've talked about it without any kind of answers um i'm definitely going to come back and play volleyball whether it's we move as a family back and this is just kind of an off-season thing to save some money or whether it's uh, more permanent is kind of up in the air um, i think it'll depend on how many tournaments it'll depend on if she's enjoying her job it'll depend on a lot of things we were planning on buying out here and kind of setting selling some roots but uh the housing market's kind of crazy up here too and so we thought anywhere out of California, you just, you know, buy houses, like you snatch them up. But apparently that's not, that's not the case. There are a bunch of other dirty Californians up here buying cash and inflating the market. So that's, uh, that's keeping us a lot more uh, temporary. Um, so we're flexible and hopefully there's a lot of volleyball next year. Um, and yeah, we figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like it's impossible for anyone to make plans right now just because like no one has any idea what the schedule is going to look like so i mean try you're just kind of indefinitely there i think did trevor go back to hawaii too so yeah trevor's here riley and maddie are here spencer's here everyone's back right now um but we're i booked my flight for the 7th so i'll be back january 7th living down ocean side of pch this time but not I didn't buy the place, of course. <laughs> we're just we're, we're just Airbnb for two months, but I'm stoked. Finally, I finally made it towards the beach, west of PCH. Um, I'm like five feet from that, <laughs> yeah. right on the highway. Right. Oh yeah, you you just missed out. <laughs> um, but we'll be back in first week of January. Okay. Ready to rumble for the schedule that's not a schedule. <laughs> just training for nothing do you think that uh you're still gonna stick uh playing international stuff too or are you gonna start phasing into more like avp 
um, like kind of a Casey Patterson type where he's just like all local um, with the occasional event overseas when it works out. Um, yeah, I'm planning on still playing international. Um, I think no matter what, that's the right goal for me to have right now, just cause um, you know, at least train and prepare for that standard. And if, you know, end up not playing as many, um, you're just more ready for AVP. Yeah. I feel like if I just told myself I was only going to play in a couple local tournaments, I would uh, slack off a little too much. Um, <laughs> but as, you know, as long as we have points and I'm, I have a good partner and I'm able to compete and represent USA, I'm going to do it as long as I can. Yeah. And I heard uh, Stafford said he's probably moving down to San Diego too. Um, yeah. That's another, that's, I mean, that's the hard thing about living here. Like we haven't even had a discussion um, uh, Stafford and I, but like, I'm sure me moving up here throws a wrench in things and makes me a less desirable training partner. <laughs> um, but uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on with his family and his life too. Um, my parents live in Oceanside, so maybe that'll be a, that could work out if I go and uh, stay down there and we train in San Diego. San Diego could be the the new South Bay. There's <laughs> yeah. a pretty good um, there's a pretty good training group down there, right? Or there used to be. I don't know. Better than Idaho. Better than Idaho. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there used to be for sure. I know, like Matt Olson's down there. He doesn't really play much anymore. And there's some Jensen's and people play like check that. Was play down check. There. I don't think I don't think Derek and Paul live there anymore. Derek's in, um he's coaching up at Cal. Yeah, but I mean, there's 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 good players. Yeah, well, yeah I think, plus a lot I of people Lottman, drive up. I think Lotman and David Lee are down there, and mm -hmm. um and Reed he goes down there a fair amount, I think. Or in Huntington mm -hmm. isn't too far of a drive. So San Diego could be the spot. Yeah, just listen to the Sandcast podcast on your commute yeah. to Huntington. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How uh, how are you and Mayor doing with uh, with your podcast? Good. Mayor Mayor's killing it. We have a, a podcast called Coach Your Brains Out. It's uh, yeah centers on coaching, mostly volleyball. Um, but he's been fired up on couple of topics on motor learning and so we've been getting a lot of like scientists and people like that on um Whoa. researchers so it's been pretty heady stuff the last couple of months if you've been following along um but yeah he keeps bringing guests so we keep doing it um it's harder for me to be as motivated because i don't coach right now or don't really coach as much anymore and he's definitely more into that um but he drags me in and i I sit there and ask some questions and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. And we have, um, we actually have a patron call on Tuesday tomorrow. So we'll kind of get to chat with some patrons and talk about stuff and yeah, nice. we're still doing it. Got some hey, books you, in the work. You guys have been running that for a long time. Yeah. Maybe six years. Chew. Try. We got a long way to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank and then you, you, so you got some more books in the works. Yeah, so we're, uh, John and I have two books kind of planned. One I'm going to kind of more assist him with writing, and then one he's going to kind of assist me with writing. Um, one's, uh, we wrote a book called Coach Your Brains Out, and it's a coaching book. It's a lot of it's um, a little more theoretical, so it's less of like a drill book or prescriptive. It's kind of like here's some more philosophies on coaching that we've learned through doing the podcast. Um, and this one will be a little more hands-on, like guide for coach to um, kind of like a drill book, but through the lens of like this thing called constraints led approach. And then the one I'm working on is kind of a cross between good blood and coach your brains out. So it's uh, <laughs> coach your uh, blood out. Yeah. Coach your blood out. What does that mean? It's um, <laughs> a lot of coaching lessons, but it's told through more of a fictional parable story. So, okay. Hopefully, you know, sprinkle in some sugar with the medicine. <laughs>
<laughs> do you uh do does your good blood series have like a good volleyball readership that's pretty much the only readership um well, I was, dude, I was looking on Goodreads the other day, and I saw that you were getting some some reviews. It's like, you know, I've never heard of this Allen guy. Like, excited to see. I don't know if it's just volleyball people making it up or if you're actually getting, like, native uh, reviews on Goodreads. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, it's, I, think, I think it's some of both. So I think sometimes it's like a volleyball person jokingly think, like saying, oh, this author guy. Um, and then, but when I, when I do get a unique reader, I can, t- you know, sometimes I can tell and it's really cool. Cause I mean, it's great that my family and friends read it. Um, but I, and I feel like a lot, for a lot of people, like my book was like the one book they read that year. Cause they're not like, you know, they're not readers. So when I have yeah. like a real fantasy fan or whatever, um, read it and enjoy it. Um, that's even, you know, that's even more precious. Cause it's like, oh, I'm actually competing with, a lot of other writers that hold their interests where it's like, you know, my brother, it's like the one book he read this decade. So he's, that's you know, cool. he's going he's to like it. It's fun to get that response too. I know it's, it's cool to get kind of the people outside of your sort of social circle. Um, but mm-hmm. it is fun because my brother doesn't read books either. And he's like, dude, I read your book in one day, which volleyball from milkshakes you can read in like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but for my brother, that was an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys had a good response from that one? Yeah. Yeah. People enjoyed it. I I think some people enjoyed it more than they said that I liked it more than I thought I would. Like a lot of people would just buy it. I mean, as you know, just because like they know the guys who wrote it. Um, They're like, I actually really liked it. Like Nicolette Martin, who did the illustration, she's fired up on it. (laughs) She she did a really good job. You know, it's funny. I, um, my buddy up in NorCal, his friend is a elementary school teacher and he told her about it and she had her whole class read it. And they all had to do reviews and stuff. I can't believe I haven't seen it. No way. He sent me pictures and they all had to like write about it and like what they (laughs) learned. (laughs) So there we go. We made. When I heard you guys were writing that, I was like, oh, cool. I'll be able to read the catch like a children's book. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, you guys wrote like, this isn't like a kid's book. Well, it started. Travis got carried away writing or what? exactly what happened i was thinking like a picture book i'm like that's yeah. right up my alley <laughs> then try even showed me like an example of like uh what's that book that that you had for naya with the really long name um oh oh um tiki tiki tembo yes tiki tiki tembo and you're like yeah this is what i'm thinking i was like i don't know if i can write that and then i started <laughs> and then i got i got stuck in the moscow airport for like 24 mm-hmm. hours and uh, and I got carried away. <laughs> and I'm not gonna stop him. I mean, once he gets his good yeah, verses no. going, I'm like, let's go. Now you um, gotta follow, follow the story you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How my daughter's you... got about like six years till she can read that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with good blood? Because obviously, me and Try like volleyball for milkshakes is is right up our alley. Um it, it was literally a, kind of based on Dry's childhood. It's a my bit. reading it's my reading <laughs> level. That's why we started there. <laughs> but good blood is uh is well off the volleyball map. Yeah, I know. If I was smart I would have wrote a volleyball book because once we wrote Coach Your Brains Out, that's like, you know, sold way more copies than Good Blood because that's where my yeah. audience I mean you know my fan base or whatever you want to call it is uh, my social network. But um yeah I mean I, uh, I mean, I've always done some sort of writing. Um, growing up, I wanted to be a write for comic books and like draw and do that stuff. And then in college, I did a lot of movie stuff. Um, actually, my senior year, I made an action film, like a full length uh, no thing. No way. With, we might need to Cal- see that. 
Yeah, it's called Viper Endgame. Um, wow. <laughs> starring me as uh, the, a hero Viper. And it had pretty You're much right. the whole men's volleyball team, women's soccer team, and women's basketball team in it. Um, That's yeah, amazing. I'll send you a preview. I have a YouTube has a preview on it. Oh yes. Um, we kill off Ty Trambley in the first ten minutes because he kept forgetting his lines. Um, anyways, so I, and then after after college, I got into doing a lot of volleyball videos with we did this website called Kind of Good, and we did a lot of Danny kind of videos right. and stuff like that. And then I started moving into books because it's you know it's not easier, but it's just all up to you. You don't have to rely yeah. on friends to show up and act and you don't have to like sell it to anybody and you can just write a book and it's somebody can read it um yeah so i've always done some sort of creative thing and i majored in cre uh, creative writing short stories um and then good blood specifically came about because i read a book called name of the wind which is a, a fantasy book um that i really enjoyed and i didn't grow up you know being a fantasy nerd or into that stuff that much so i'm a little behind when it came to um yeah i guess just my how much i know about that genre um, so Good Blood doesn't have that much, that many fantasy elements. It's like a very <laughs> fantasyless fantasy book. There's like one thing about people that have special blood. That's about it. Other than that, it's pretty much just a medieval book. Um, but anyways, I read that, and so I was inspired. And I'm very influenced by everything I watch or read or listen to. So because I just read that last, I started writing it, and uh, yeah, went from there. Dude, and these maybe are... we go ahead, Trevor. I was gonna say maybe we make a volleyball movie. Since we have you, the director, Gabby Dude. has all these actor friends. I have Ooh. connections to all of Hollywood actors. So can I pitch you my Not all Hollywood my, actors? But can I, can I pitch you my one idea? Oh yes. Well, yeah, but do we want to make it public right now? It's <laughs> fine. It's, it's never going to happen. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Travis, tried. You guys ever watch those Danny kind of videos? Yes. Okay. So we're working on doing a Danny kind of the series, um, like a TV show. It could be a movie, whatever. Right. And the the concept was. So the last video, Danny kind of goes to California to make play beach volleyball. Doesn't work out well. Um, he doesn't like jump on and start, you know, winning tournaments. So he's working as a waiter in Hermosa Beach and he's down on his luck and he's reevaluating his life. When all of a sudden, Danny kind of from the future pops through, a, you know, a time jump and gives him these magic knee pads that he can dive through time with. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes he goes back to <laughs> goes back in time to learn like all the skills so he goes to like whatever eric sato to learn how to jump serve he goes to randy stokos to learn how to do this he goes to and so you kind of like have um, him ah. jumping through time learning the skills from like the legends um that's and awesome i'm sure it doesn't i'm sure it doesn't work out with him for him <laughs> in the end, but, but uh, that, that was that was the the movie i started to write when did you start to write that hmm. uh probably 2008 okay so it's Man. just you're just letting it build yeah, yeah. slow yeah. roast yeah. Yeah. let it marinate yeah <laughs> where do uh like where do you come up with all of your creative ideas like what's your creative process i feel like everyone's like super different about it i i if i go on a walk by myself with like no phone mm -hmm. i like can't my brain's just so full of random ideas that i need i have trouble parsing them down <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, for sure, heavily influenced on stuff. Like I said, if I if I read a book, maybe it's it's not like it's a copy thing, but it's like it just gets your mind rolling in that kind of vein. And right. so, like, oh, like this could be a good twist on this. Um, and then, basically, my problem is it's really hard to like. I spent like I said a year and a half on Dark Blood, and you know, probably two years on Good Blood, and it's really hard to sit with one story that long. I'm not definitely not a perfectionist that keeps tinkering with it. 
um, one because I've you know never done anything perfect, but also like my like I really get excited about ideas. So while I'm working on Dark Blood, I'm thinking of like ten other stories I'd rather write. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a chore to like just day in and day out go and put the you know log in time working on the same story and especially on multiple drafts. Um, so I just yeah you know I compile a bunch of stuff ideas I have and a lot of it's combining ideas. So like you know you have one little premise. And then something else, maybe it's in a different setting and you're like, oh, those that could actually work together. And that's kind of how a lot of times you find something unique or original by kind of combining multiple ideas. Um, yeah. So usually when I'm done, like with Dark Blood now, I've like I had like five projects I'm excited to work on. Um, yeah. But, you know, at, while, you know, the one pot's cooking, the other ones are kind of simmering and um, you're just, the ideas are coming and stuff. Yeah. It's tough to have the discipline to not pursue all the other ideas while you're working on like the one big one that happens to me all mm -hmm. the time where I'll have like one and then I'll get distracted, like super ADD, do all these things. And then I get back to the one. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I keep on this one? Yeah. I know people have different stages that they enjoy and some people really like the rewriting process. I like like outlining and thinking of the ideas. Um, the rest of it is kind of work. Um, but I was done with dark blood and, maybe March and ready to like, you know, with a good solid draft and like, yeah. Oh, I'm done. Let's show the world. And then yeah. I had to hold back and take it through a couple more drafts. I think for me, it helped showing like my wife or having at least somebody read it. Um, so it wasn't just like you're locked away with a story um, by yourself forever. But yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of work sitting there and going through it and cleaning it up. Um, what was your guys' process collaboratively for milkshakes? Did you did like one guy write it? And then you kind of send it back and forth, or how'd you do that? We hold on, try. You might be muted, bud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there was people cutting trees, so I muted. <laughs> um, yeah, we had the idea, and then we were kind of like going back and forth, brainstorming. And then obviously, Travis is going to do most of the writing, like all of it. And then, <laughs> and then he just was like in Moscow, stuck. He's like, I mm -hmm. just started and and let it flow. And I was like, great. And so yeah. we had like a draft and then I kind of like threw in my ideas and little concepts that I want that I thought we'd want to include. And then I also had to like kind of like authenticate it since it, it mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to be me as the main character. He just wrote it like in his head so he could like write the story. He made it as me as the main character. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it's going to be me. You guys change this. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't say cowabunga, Travis. That's not that's not my favorite milkshake flavor. <laughs> Actually, mint chip. That's a true story. I did have to switch it to mint chip. But yeah, I mean, Travis obviously is the the big time writer. Yeah, I just it was kind of a most of the obviously it was set in Hawaii, so almost all of the ideas and and stories themselves came from Try and and uh, and Gabby helped a lot too. Um, because I, I didn't know, like, when he was talking about how you guys would paddle out for as far as you could or, or run up Diamond Head and all that stuff. Um, like, I didn't do any of that. I've been to Hawaii twice. <laughs> so most of the ideas and stuff came from Try, and then I would try to write it out and then send it to Try, and he would kind of make the tweaks to to fix it and make it a little bit more real. No cowabungas. He edited out all those. <laughs> I love our surf session, though. Yeah. I'm like sitting in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that one, I was actually able to use my own experience surfing because I was like stoked that I finally got right. up on one wave. And I yeah. watched Cole Fierce push Andy Benish into a wave, which is how I got you pushing me into one. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny because Nicolette's picture is like exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. 
<laughs> you nailed that. It's funny because like now my family and like whatever random people, they they go along with the characters and like my mom is like, isn't my mom Delaney? What, what's uh, my mom's name? Gosh, I forget. It wasn't Delaney. Maybe yeah, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Yeah, my mom's yeah. Jocelyn. So like her siblings, my aunts and uncles call her Jocelyn now. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. So funny. Just but, random names that were in your head at the moment yeah and we just stuck with it yeah just take it but i mean you've written books solo and and with a partner too billy how how different was it working with john for a book because i know sometimes like creative projects can be tough when you have someone else giving input and insight that isn't exactly what you imagine like me and try were, were always pretty close and then nicolette was like perfect for it but i can imagine that maybe mm -hmm. if like you and john disagreed on something creative you could be like well i'm the writer here <laughs> yeah that's totally yeah, how John totally built um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it helps that, uh, you know, we align so much with, um, I guess, it's kind of our thought process on on that coaching and volleyball. Um, but uh, it was really nice to have somebody to work, yeah, like you said, to, to collaborate with because, um, one, you don't have to do all the work. Um, at the same time, you had to split the, split the, the earnings. So I guess there's, there's good and bad. But uh, yeah, it, it can be a lonely process. And so being able to bounce ideas back and forth, we had a Google folder and you know, we'd be sending Google Docs back and forth and editing and making notes. And so yeah, I really enjoyed the process. And I think that's why we're looking to do it again. It's also, I mean, it's a different kind of book, but it was, uh, it was a way faster process having two guys tackling it at once. Yeah, I think it's, it's easier when you can take stuff from because you used a lot of the lessons and stuff you got from the podcast i feel like it's always easier mm -hmm. to take stuff from that other people also gave you and just pretty much transcribe it and kind of tweak it a little bit yeah we kind of we structured it like so i came up with the outline and the structure of like this chapter we we talk about you know these concepts and here's how we break it down and organize it and then from there we basically split it up and john took the harder chapters <laughs> i took the you know the other ones um but uh i felt like uh, and then, so you kind of go over the other person's work. So he would talk about feedback and he'd write that chapter. Then I'd go back and, you know, do a pass at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. Cause I feel like, you know, try same thing. Like we've been playing volleyball a long time and like, so I have a ch chapter talking about competition. Um, but it's weird. Like I feel it's really hard being prescriptive and giving advice and, um, you know, cause you, you're in it and you're playing it a lot, but you know, coaching and teaching it is a whole different thing. How's it going, Sandcast peeps? Just wanted to take a quick break in the show to let you know about a holiday savings opportunity presented to you by our friends over at Wilson Sporting Goods. Here's the deal. You buy two OPTX, also known as Optics Beach Volleyballs. You get one 35% off. Basically, if you spend $100 on volleyball, basketball, football, or soccer products, you'll receive a 35% off coupon in the new year. In Optics Volleyball right now is $64.99. So if you buy two, you get a 35% off coupon emailed to you in January. Solid deal there from our pals over at Wilson. So get on it and uh, hook your friends up with a volleyball or two. All right, back to the show. We're not going back to the show just yet. I have a word from one more of our sponsor. This one from Kamena Outdoor. Uh, Dave Kamena is a long time volley enthusiast he is a huge supporter of the game so for that reason alone you should support kamena outdoor uh, but for another legitimate reason is that he makes some of the best backpacks in beach volleyball 
he's been working on this thing for 17 years, making modifications to make it the best backpack possible. Delaney has one. It's sitting in the closet right next to me. It's fantastic. It has all these perfect pockets for your sunscreen, for your volleyball, for your extra board shorts or bikinis, whatever it may be. I highly recommend the Kamena Outdoor Backpack. It makes for a fantastic Christmas present, and it's one of those backpacks where you only have to buy one. You can buy the really cheap ones that are made in China, and they only last like six months or a year before the sun beats them up and the rain takes them down. But the Kamena Outdoor Backpack is perfect for beach volleyball because it lasts forever, literally forever. So head out to Kamena Outdoor and get a great Christmas present for the beach volleyball enthusiast. And now back to the show. Yeah, yeah John. John. Uh, so it's weird because John and I, you know, grew up on the AVP playing against each other, sure. and we were friends pretty soon um, into our careers. We both lived up north. I was in Venice, and he was in Santa Monica. We worked, so we ended up working out at the same gym up in uh, uh, where was that? It wasn't Thousand Oaks? It was somewhere Beach? up north. No, yeah, it was Muscle <laughs> <laughs> Muscle Beach. <laughs> muscle Beach. Um, but kind of up in the valley, we were working out at the same place. So we ended up coaching at Santa Monica College together. I was his assistant. And, you know, so we've always been good friends. And then as his career was winding down, I kind of thought, and he was, you know, getting more and more. He'd always been coaching, but getting more and more into coaching. Um, I thought there was no, you know, there's not a big um, ocean of coaches, beach coaches out there. And so I always thought John would be great. And I would snatch him up as soon as he was available and we had a talk in an off season um, when I was looking back, getting back with Stafford and just said like this, you know, my ideal team would be, you know, playing with Stafford again and having you coach us. And so we all met and tried to figure out if that would work out and entice Stafford a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and stole him yeah. away for whatever, whoever he was playing with at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, went from there. And it's been great having him. And it's weird because I'm, you know, a year older than him and, we're peers but uh so we didn't know how that would work as far as uh, the dynamic of him coaching me but it you know within the first 10 minutes of a practice it, was, it came pretty natural yeah I, I mean i can't really imagine a better situation for you guys bringing in a guy like that who's like has all the experience in the world as a player but throughout his playing career he was like learning the art of coaching and then just as he transitioned fully into coaching you guys get him I know Trevor uh, really enjoyed playing with him, mm-hmm. um, learning the that little float serve. That <laughs> yeah, <he> uses now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think John's a different case. I mean, other than just having a really good uh, head for the sport and just you know studying it so much, um, it wasn't just like a a player that ended his career and then start, got into coaching. Like you said, he'd been coaching um, college for a long time, and so yeah. he he was definitely ahead of the game as far as yeah. a coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's been great having also because he's a contemporary. He knows the the players and opponents because not just he's studied film, but he's actually played this guy. Yeah, and he's no. I mean, he knows what it's like to be on the court, right? That's one thing mm-hmm. I love with Jose is like he knows when to say stuff, when to just bring energy, and when to actually like bring the tactical stuff. And like Johnny, I feel like his mind's very tactical, or like it's he's well thought out, um, but he probably knows when and when to say stuff and when not to stay, say stuff. Whereas like, I think if a player just goes straight into coaching, they're just going to like spit everything out at every other time when you're not trying to like hear that. And 
yeah i feel like johnny's perfect for that yeah i think you definitely especially as a maybe a younger coach and i've had it you know being a little more insecure you want to like you know prove your worth and show show that you're valuable and so you want to be saying a lot of stuff um john's on the other end where he you know he almost says too little um for 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 us sometimes um but i think (laughs) it's i don't think it's a matter of the art of knowing when to say stuff as much as he's just really open to feedback and he wants us to tell him if it's too much, if it's too little. And he like, he, he sends us, um, you know, his own like surveys on how he did so he can get better. Um, which Whoa. is, which is hard for me. You know, he, oh, he's so super open to feedback cause he wants to get yeah. better. And it's not right. like, it's not like an, I know everything. I'm a coach. It's like, Oh, how can I be better for you? How can I do this? And mm. so he's, it's always changing. And I have a hard time filling out those surveys because one, I'm pretty easygoing. And I'm like, oh, you did fine. I don't know. Thanks for being there. I appreciate it. Um, which is not specific, which is what he's looking for because it's not going to help him get better. Um, hmm. Stafford's a little better at telling him what he wants. For sure. <laughs> That's so interesting. I never heard of a coach. I mean, like, talk about being open to learning, you know, like, yeah. especially as someone that you'd think most coaches, like, they're fighting that ego where it's like, I, I'm the one who's supposed to know everything. And Johnny's over here sending surveys to you guys. That's yeah, he awesome. does it with his uh, LMU team too, which is, you know, even, you know, you'd think even more impressive because they're maybe 20 year old girls, you know, and like, how, what can they teach me about coaching? But it's like, you know, you coach through the lens of your players. And so if the players aren't interpreting something or aren't understanding stuff, it's really important to know that your words aren't wasted and how yeah. you can be better. That's awesome. Can you imagine if um, if I sent like a survey to Trevor? <laughs> what that would say? Yeah, I know you guys do Peter sessions, and you guys do a lot yeah. of team sessions, right? Uh, are you guys pretty? Yeah, but are you guys pretty open with that communication? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do a lot more of the talking. Mm-hmm. Jose, will, I, yeah, I, I played with Trevor. Trevor, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it was so the first guy like <laughs> I like. So Trevor, like we were also at an age age difference, right? right? He was like the he was like the only player I played with that I was like significantly older than, and it was really strange like traveling with him. I got along great. Trevor's a great guy. Yeah. Um, it was also when he was first starting. So like we had a time where my license was, we tried to book a rental car, and I just realized my license had expired, and Trevor was under twenty five, and so it was like this oh. big hassle, like <laughs> doing everything. <laughs> um, but anyways, it was weird being like in a hotel room with somebody that was just like on his phone watching music videos dude he's he's so like, fun. Oh, yeah, people watch those still like oh that's <laughs> you have to accept the 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 quietness from all the crabs yeah. like they're yeah. just so content and like they could just like you could go pick them up to go to practice and you don't even get a good morning just like sits in the car and just like yeah I'm like what's up dude <laughs> so like, all right I'll just get in the car now and we'll just have a quiet drive all the way to the beach now. It's so funny. But that's a, that's one thing we've been working on a lot the last couple of years was, uh, you know, having Peter and USA volleyball, mm-hmm. um, as a, our kind of sports site guy is just the communication, uh, with partners as a team. And that's something I've never been very good at either. Not as quiet as Trevor, but, uh, um, as far as just being honest and being vulnerable. And yeah. so I think, uh, it's been great with John facilitates that pretty well and, and Stafford's pretty, uh, he's a great communicator. So sure, it's something yeah. I've been developing as a skill set too, is being able to say what I'm thinking and feeling and not just uh, bottling it up inside. <laughs> I feel like uh, it, 
we're thinking of it even more so at home with the wives, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's just where my head went. For that one. Oh, or my or my uh, son. Like. Oh yeah, I haven't really gotten there yet. My my girl's only one word, so patience <laughs> is like this. Patience Answer is like this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I, no, I love doing the work with Peter Haberl. It's pretty awesome being on the national team and like having access to that. Like every, are you guys doing team meetings yet? Getting back into that? Uh, well, I think in January we'll we'll start January, doing that. Yeah. I was doing during quarantine when it first started. Like I was doing, I was like, oh, how can I get better volleyball when the beaches are locked down and there's no tournaments? Um, other than doing like squats in my garage, uh, I was doing mm-hmm. a lot of Peter sessions, and so I was doing yeah. it like four or five days a week with him, and it was awesome. Um, I've been uh, slacking off. I haven't been doing it since the avp because i feel like it's a little harder without tournaments around the corner mm-hmm. um but yeah i got a lot out of that and yeah just reframed a lot of stuff that i thought i needed or had to feel um earlier in my career yeah you, you mentioned that like kind of your your writing is you'll read a type of writing or say a book you you like and you're when you kind of write you go in that direction is do you find that same thing with with beach volleyball and that if you watch a certain say defender that you start to tend to try to kind of emulate that type of play? Yeah, especially early on. I think towards the end of my – now, I wouldn't say the end of my career because I have like 20 more years left. But uh, <laughs> uh, now I'm a little more like, okay, this is who I am and what I'm capable of. Where, you know, yeah. like It's hard to watch Phil Dalhauser and start emulating that at this point. <laughs> right. but, but younger, I for sure. No. Uh, yeah, and I think I would watch – like I played left side at the beginning of my career. And so I watched a lot of Stein – I watched a lot of, um, you know, even Anthony Medell, like, you know, smaller defenders. Um, and then once I moved to the right side, I was like, oh, thank God. Now I can finally watch Todd Rogers and um, emulate that a lot. I think, uh, um, yeah, especially, uh, especially Todd. I watched him a lot and modeled my game. And I shoot a lot more than most guys, um, which is probably a reference of copying him. Um, I should have been watching. Uh, that high line of yours. Yeah, just saves the shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think you know you always get inspired and watch guys and get ideas. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's as extreme as the writing because I feel like in writing you can kind of do whatever you want. Where on the yeah. court, I'm kind of limited by being six to 100 and whatever pounds. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Have you been doing any film stuff? Because like like we said, Idaho is not yet the training center for beach mm-hmm. volleyball. But have you been like trying to watch film or stay in kind of that beach volleyball space at all? Or, or have you used this time to take the, your first break since you were probably like six years old down in San Diego with your dad? Yeah, it's been mostly a break. I think I've lately I've been watching stuff more as just motivation to work out. Um, like if it's a little easier when I uh, watch a little volleyball to kind of like, oh, yeah, like that, that still exists in my life. And let's go do some squats or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I've, I grew up playing. It was like our family sport. My parents met playing volleyball, kind of like Janelle and I did. Um, and I was never a multi-sport athlete. It was pretty much volleyball, volleyball, volleyball. And so, you know, there's dangers to that. But I, luckily, I never really got injured and I never really burned out. Um, and so this has been my first huge, like really big break. And I've been enjoying it. Um, and so for me, being away from it, I think if I was by the beach, it'd be a little different. But being here... It feels like I've pivoted 
And because I'm not around it, I haven't been like yearning for it as much as I would be if I was like sitting in Hermosa. But um, I think now the break's been long enough where I'm kind of excited to get back, especially with, you know, the new year coming and season getting closer. Um, so I feel like uh, definitely a little more motivated now. As far as watching video, I haven't been as far as like uh, critiquing and scouting my own play or anything like that. It's more just general watch volleyball to get excited again. Yeah. Have you seen the um, tentative schedule? We need to yeah. emphasize tentative because uh, yeah. he got, got mad that it was released everywhere. Do not some, some pay, pay no attention writer. to this schedule <laughs> behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I saw that. And so I still like, I, you have a set date you're flying back. I, I don't know when I'm going to go back. Right. Um, it'd be great if we also live, currently we're living with Janelle's parents who have some higher risk um, things as far as like the COVID stuff. So we've been having yeah. been a little more careful. And so like we visited family, my family for Thanksgiving, and then we ended up having to go to a cabin for a couple of weeks just in case just to whatever quarantine. Um, so there's some logistical stuff that got tougher too, because it's like, if I go down for a training block to train, am I going to have to, you know, quarantine on both ends? It just kind of adds to the, I don't know, the difficulty of that. So hopefully things look, look better in 2021 and it's a little easier to travel and train and kind of do that. For sure. Well, it can't get any more difficult to travel and train. I don't think so. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so if you found a way to stay in shape and be productive this year, I think you'll figure it out in 2021 too. Yeah. And I'm excited because John, um, I don't know if you've, like I said, we've been having some different people on our podcast talking about a little a different um, it's called, ecological dynamics it's a different okay. way to, it's a different way to coach and john is like he he goes like full into something so he learns something new and he's like all about it where i think mm -hmm. another coach or somebody might oh maybe i'll try five percent of that in my practice to see if it's worth he's just like so i'm kind of excited um to see how that will influence our practices and um, so that makes me a little more excited to get out there because, you know, anytime you do something new in volleyball, like you switch sides, you have a new partner, there's a freshness to it. And I think just the idea of, oh, training a little different and trying this, you know, new philosophy um, is, is exciting. It makes volleyball seem like it'll be a little fresh. So um, that, that like talking to him has got me fired up to go out and start practicing again. So hopefully Wait, you got you to gotta at least give us a little sample. What, what is this thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm Not sure. That you want to give away the secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... yeah, I think basically the idea is an older, more traditional model of teaching is here is what you should do. And let's say these are the five keys you need to pass. Right. You know, let's, let's go through it. I'll tell you them first and then we'll like see if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. um, and this is more like um, constraints led where you craft a, a drill or a game in order to um, have the game, have the drill itself teach you how to do this thing. Ah. And so it's less of like in your ear, giving you feedback on technique. It's more outcome based and the the outcome, let's say if you want to teach somebody to, you know, whatever, pass higher, instead of saying you need to swing your arms like this, make sure you're doing this. You need to just have the target higher and just the drill creates it. Right. And one, it gets you to learn it better because you're not trying to do a specific technique. Um, you, you know, whatever the game teaches the game. Um, but two, it um, is also, I feel like, uh, it's, it's try, you've you know worked with a lot of coaches, right? Yeah. And, you know, you've tried different techniques because they all have different opinions. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you're trying, if you're, I feel a lot of my career has been really focused on, yeah, 
having this perfect technique and it's like mm-hmm. one that works if the technique's right and you know right. that changes throughout yeah. time um but then two you're like you're you know you're trying to do this technique which sometimes is a little more divorced from the outcome where like you can do this thing perfectly and still not be effective or winning or doing this and so, right. so it's a little more a little yeah. more outcome based and the the crossover will be once you're in a tournament you're not thinking about you know what your foot's doing when you're starting your approach now yeah. you're thinking more of like how can i solve this problem and how can i win this game because that's what i've been doing in practice and so it's a lot more problem solving and having the environment or the practice or the drills um teach you stuff than it is like a coach just in your ear um giving you like the six secrets to passing or whatever i feel like that is a way more effective way to teach the muscle memory right because that's what ultimately what you're trying to get to you want to teach your brain to do it or like to understand what it is but then you have to teach your body what it feels like like that's, I feel like that's what I'm always trying to get to is like the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, you want- I, I need a little bit more strategy, like more thinking in my brain going, but I mean, that's how kids learn, right? Mm-hmm. Is when you're just playing for fun, like they're learning, some kids have like this flawless technique they've never been coached in their life because they were right. just trying to beat their friend and then they figured out that that was the best way to do it. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's based on. It's not like you're like, Hey, these are the seven steps to riding a bike. You need to first get your leg over the, you know, you just kind of, once you do it, you find how to do it right. Um, and also there's a degree of difference in athlete to athlete, you know, in your body type and physiologically. So maybe right. how try does something isn't the perfect thing for me to do. And so right. it, it just accounts a little bit more for the variety, um, you know, of players. If you, like if you coach a college team with 12 girls, you know, there, there might not be this perfect ideal form for every single person. Um, right. As long as you're, you know, there's some basic biomechanic things that are more, you know, whatever, like serving overhand is going to be more effective than serving underhand, you know, yeah. whatever. But within that, like there's still a lot of range. And so for me trying to look exactly like Triborn might not be as important as me just, you know, trying to put the ball away. <laughs> right. Totally. Um, yeah. It's yeah. like me and Trevor blocking is like, we're running the same drills, but it looks so different when mm-hmm. we're doing it. Cause he like, his load is like this big and Can't I'm bend like, his knees. touching the sand. <laughs> right. And he's so good at reading and like putting his hands in the right spot. So he kind of goes up way more neutral than me. Whereas I'm like picking spots to go attack. Right. And, and so, yeah. and so it's we're like doing the same drills though. Is our time spent better having teaching trevor to bend his knees more or just to say this is what he's got and let's have him work on reading and you know that kind of stuff right and i I think uh, as an athlete it's tough because one we want to just be told the answer and i like to think i'm coachable and so if you're like hey do this oh i'll just put that into my game and to be able to do it but in reality like i've been told go slow to fast my whole career i've been told you know stay behind the ball (laughs) you know we and we still struggle with these things yeah so it's not quite as easy as just a coach telling you the answer and I think that's where implementing implementing it in, you know, these games and have that teach you rather than just somebody tell you a sentence is, you know, a little more transferable. I think that's great for sure. It's funny that John, cause he's been coaching for a long time that he's just like, he sees a new strategy. And he's like, all right, pivot. <laughs> We're going all yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it yeah. makes me want, there's so many different strategies. Like I've talked, obviously I have Jose, uh, for most of the time, but then I, I've been talking to other people and like trying to learn a bunch of different ways. I talk with, uh, I meet with um, Evan Silverstein out here and he's pretty analytical, but then I was 
talking with Mike Dodd too a little bit and like everyone's strategies and coaching style is so different. It's impossible to like pick one way that's right. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of like let go and like embrace what one person's doing and then hope that like 1% sticks with you and then go embrace what another person's doing. Uh, yeah, I would say the good yeah. thing about John is he, uh, one, he's willing to learn. So yeah, he'll change stuff up if it if it's not you know working or right. But two, I think he bases, you know, he tries to base everything he does on science and what motor learning teaches. So it's less of like, hey, this is something, I'm, this is some experiment I thought up. It's more like, oh, this is what maybe the research on skill acquisition says on this. And so how can I incorporate that into volleyball? And mm-hmm. so it's le- less of just like his own fancy as it is, you know, whatever, maybe more research driven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, that's also his personality is he's quick to go full board into whatever right. it is, whether it's being a vegan or whether it's uh, yeah. <laughs> eating meat or, you know, he, if there's some new study, he's, oh, let's shift gears and this must be the right way. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's, it's cool to be able to not be, you know, hamstrung by so much tradition and just be able to be flexible and, you know keep learning yeah especially especially in times like these where like the whole world's changing and you have no control mayor's probably just like oh this is great i just found this new way Mm -hmm. of living and it's fully embracing it and this is the best time ever (laughs) and it's like if you're if you're past something is proven wrong it's like it's not this embarrassing thing where i need to keep doing it just to prove i was right it's like Um, no, I'm, I'm learning. So now I'm better because uh, I'm switching to this. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a very admirable trait to not, you know, have, you know, a foolish consistency. Love it. Where, where can, uh, if our listeners, I, I can't imagine that we don't have many listeners who don't also listen to your podcast, but where can they find your podcast? And just as importantly, or if not more importantly, when can they get number two of the good blood series? Where can they get it? Yeah. So podcast is coach your brains out. Um, we have, it'd be on iTunes and Spotify, any place you can get that. Actually, we had so many episodes that we have some old episodes people are always asking me about and they're like, Hey, we're going to get that one where you guys talked with this Todd Rogers on this. And I was like, Oh yeah. man, I, I don't remember that. Um, and so I just started doing a, a coach your brains out archives. Um, so hopefully it's like a separate podcast that'll have like older episodes. Um, nice. So you're the first ones to hear about that because like I just started <laughs> downloading, uploading them. Um, so anyways, if you just search Coach Your Brains Out, you should be able to find that. We are affiliated with Gold Medal Squared, which is a volleyball coaching um, organization. And so they, they, on their website, they host a lot of our episodes. Uh, as, far as, the, as far as the book, it's on Amazon. Um, you search, you know, Dark Blood is the new one. Um, and search Billy, Billy Allen or something. You'll, you'll see all my books on there. I have a website called billycatchallen.com. Um, that's K E T C H and that'll have more information. Um, but yeah, it's available now. Hope you read it. Hope you enjoy it. It's a little dark, but, uh, as the title suggests, but <laughs> there's some humor in there and yeah. a lot of action. So, yeah. <laughs> and listeners, if you've read it, even if you haven't drop a review, helps them out a lot, um, and review their, uh, their podcast as well. Um, but dude, good to see you. Good to hear from you. I'm glad to see that, uh, that Idaho is treating you well. Yeah. yeah good to see you guys. And, uh, I'll be back. See you back in California. <laughs> For sure. Love it. All right, man.